Hello, welcome to Skip It, a podcast that reviews and dissects the classic Australian television show Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I am joined by Lee. Hey everyone, great to be here. And Ashwin. Hey guys. We are up to episode 25, Surf King, which is directed by Max Varnell, script by Ross Napier, of course. Producer is Dennis Hill, and uh, the series producer is Lee Robinson. There's a lot of special guests in this one, but there's mainly two that are listed in the cast, uh, and I think that's mainly because they've got the biggest speaking roles, and I'll just list them now. We've got Tina Connoyley plays Helen, and then Nigel Lovell is playing Dr. Martin, and Nigel Lovell has been in quite a lot of different TV series throughout Australian TV history, uh, A Country Practice, The Magical World of Disney, oh, there you go, A Case for Defence, Born to Run, and he's only playing a very bit part in this, he's just the doctor for, like, maybe two minutes in it and uh yeah so that's sort of the main extra cast we've also got our series regular um we've got ed Devereaux, matt hammond tony bonner as jerry king ken james as mark hammond gary pankhurst as sunny hammond and skippy of course this originally aired in melbourne on the 28th of october 1968 Okay, we'll get right into the episode. Matt is walking Sonny to the car. Sonny is lamenting and he wishes that he didn't have to go to Aunt Gwen's. She always makes him eat porridge. Matt pats him on the head and says he always enjoys himself. Sonny and Skip get into the car. Mr. Hill, who's in the car, drives off and um, Matt sort of sees them off and waves them away. What did you guys think of this part here about Aunt Gwen and Sonny? Yeah, I was reminded of my own parents when they would send us off to relatives. They would dress us up in our best Sunday school T-shirt or shirt, collar shirt. (laughs) Sonny looked all cute and dressed up. He's normally so relaxed in the bush life. Every parent seems to do that, wants to make the best impression with their relatives. Uh, Yeah, so I thought that was a very classic moment. He was wearing different clothes, like he wore, and he, and I noticed he was wearing little sandals too. It's not a jeans and Converse sort of attire. Matt walks out the back where Jerry and uh, Mark are looking glum, and they are all having breakfast outside around the table. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I sort of had a little chuckle at uh, Jerry's posture here because he was sort of had his uh, legs folded. You know, very metrosexual, and he had he had uh, sandals on too. Everyone was wearing sandals in this episode. Um, episode was sponsored by Croc. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I always found I hate sandals. I'll just say that I don't like wearing them. I'll wear thongs, but I won't wear sandals. They should have been left back in the biblical era. That's where they, <laughs> where they belong. The Romans wore them best. As a five-year-old, I found them very unfashionable. So that just tells you how unfashionable they are. But this is the seventies, and this is like the king time of sandals this is when the sandals are probably going to be the coolest they ever are apart from as you said lee roman times um and biblical times matt says cheer up you're just missing out the surf or carnival it isn't the end of the world and mark says it's uh, not just any carnival jerry is a chance to win matt says it's quite a coincidence that they're testing the uh, boat that they are looking at on the same beach as the carnival And uh, Matt says he won't have anyone in the park if Mark goes with Jerry. Clancy comes in and then she says, I can do anything that Mark can. Uh, Matt reluctantly agrees for Mark to go with Jerry. And Mark is absolutely wrapped. He goes, gee, Dad, you're great. 
and then it goes into the Skippy intro. So I'll hand it over to you guys with this one. I thought it was funny because this starts a bit of a thing of like Mark being more wrapped up and invested in the carnival than Jerry even is. So what did you guys think of that, Lee? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely super supportive. I mean, before we even get to that, you mentioned Clancy saying, well, I'll be here and this is where I really feel Ross Napier stepped in and did this usual <laughs> yeah. work because when Matt says they can't both go because he needs someone else there in case of an emergency, Clancy literally has to say, but I'll be here. Even a girl likes to be useful sometimes. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, that is just straight out of Ross Napier's How to Treat Women <laughs> book. Like, yeah, uh, How to Write Women. <laughs> so that was the thing that sort of stuck out. And also, when Matt caves in and says, yeah, he can go, Oh, he's stuck there with Clancy to actually play this music that's like, wop, 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 Yeah, we'll get into the music because the music gets a bit silly. But yeah, there is like some real, like, it gives you the exact tone that you want. Everyone will have to go and watch this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Ross Napier, thank God he had a, another writer with him on the Indigenous episode. This one, he was back to his own scheming devices as well. The other thing is, like, Matt would be quite happy to have Sonny do all of this stu- dangerous stuff. But it's like, oh, no, not a, not a lady. An so. eight-year-old boy is much more reliable than <laughs> yeah. any female of any age. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's sort of Matt's uh, thinking here. And we know he just sort of is willing to throw, like, he loves his son more than anything, but he's definitely willing to throw him in the danger zone. All right, we'll carry on. Uh, Matt and Clancy see Jerry and Mark off. Uh, Matt says, uh, I know the surf race is important, but uh, don't let it take your mind off the new boat if it's good as that they say it is we need it badly clancy says does he need his surf boat and this is where it got sort of really stupid for me and he says no he doesn't need it he's just entering the uh, surf race and it's an episode called surf king and we don't see really any surfing or the main character surf so not really about surfing no which is surprising given the music they keep playing which yeah. is surfy, but i think it's more just like it's a surf race it's a swimming and, race in the surf. and realistically it's sort of like not an iron man race but it's basically what like the, the swimming portion of an iron man race yeah they probably should have called it iron man but anyway <laughs> And then Mark and Jerry head off in the car, so they're gone. Uh, Matt and Cl- Clancy go back into the house, and there's a call. Matt take, uh, picks up the phone, and it's Les, and he says that your radio's on the blink. Uh, Matt goes to check, and Clancy gets out the toolbox to help Matt fix up the the radio. Yeah, she knew uh, where it was, Ross. She knew where the toolbox was. <laughs> 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 Yeah, right. Well, we get to see her in the kitchen or the piano, which is that. So this is a change. But also this moment when the radio is out, that is a classic horror trope. When the phone cuts out, we're about to see a murder. So I was like quite triggered when the radio was out. I thought something dark was about to happen. Yeah, I thought they were going to be cut off, like something really dire, but it's not really. He just fixes it in the next scene. So, But it's. I think it's to start a series of events, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because this leads to that they get a call on the radio, and you know, like you know, so it's sort of quite. Uh, it's it's a little bit of an escalation of things happening. Jerry and Mark stop at a fruit cellar on the side of the road. Uh, Jerry says that they can drop off their bags at the hotel, and Mark says, "So what's so good about this boat?" Jerry then explains that it's a jet boat instead of a propeller, and it's supposed to go fast in the water and should be good for rescue work. 
Matt gets to work on the radio and uh, hears a report about the bushfire. And then you've got a sort of shot where you've got Matt looking like he's sort of regretting sending Mark away with uh, Jerry. And Jerry and Mark uh, get to the hotel, meet the receptionist, which is Helen, I believe, uh, played by Tina. And then Jerry asks if she's coming and then she says she is. And then they drive off. Matt hurrying Clancy, who is carrying a really, really large backpack that would probably have better if Matt had carried it. Just <laughs> my thoughts. But um, And they're loading up the truck uh, to basically fight this fire that they've just heard on the radio. What did you guys think of that? Like, immediately Matt's giving her a hard time, even though she's carrying a bag, like, Yeah, he was way like, hurry big. up, Clancy, look at this bloody thing. And the, the again, the music really emphasises that she's just a girl, and that's why this is such an ordeal. Like, if mm. it was a, you know, as if Sonny would have been able to carry that damn thing any faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back at the uh, beach, and they get to Bondi, and they drive up the beach. I heard the word Marubra mentioned during uh, the beach. It must be Cronulla, because, okay. I mean, Marubra is such an iconic. 40 years later, it becomes the home of the Cronulla riots. It's just such an Aussie <laughs> beach where we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Johnny, before we got on air, this was like the opposite to our Indigenous Tara episode last week. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that, how this one's sort of definitely like showing all the the great white part of Australian culture, which is the Australian life-saving and surfing and beach and that sort of laid-back lifestyle. And the beach is really nice. And me and Ashwin were talking about how it made us want to go to the beach. Like, it's Mm. that nice. And it is almost like Skippy's The Series was almost like an advertisement for Australia um, to the rest of the world as well. And this pretty much shows that off um, because anyone would want to be there. And as soon as they get to the beach as well, we hit 60s surf music. And this is where I wish we could sample some music as well, because this, this is pretty fun 60s surf music and very, like, you know, hits the beats. I wasn't sure where that music is drawn. It was very Beach Boys, but, yeah, it really got me in the mood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it was, it was a very impressive-looking beach. I've got to say, though, it's not as nice as the Gold Coast, but still, it's still <laughs> a very nice-looking beach. Yeah, but the beaches in Australia are all really good. Uh, that's the issue. But, you know, state by state, we won't get into that. So they check out the waves and they both take off their shirts immediately. Jerry points out the boat and they head down to the beach. And then we cut back to, and this is sort of the interesting with this episode, they don't leave too much time on each area. So, you know, we've got quite a few things happening at once. We cut back to Matt. Uh, he's pumping a handheld water hose uh, onto the fire. And it looks like not like a very effective way to fight this fire, especially how big the fire is. Uh, yeah, he yells it gets out of control. It gets out of yeah. control really fast. And your hand pump fire hoses. I've never seen one of those before. Yeah, well, it's like um, the uh, it sort of reminded me of the thing that they use for weeds, like, you know, to That's spray weed weeds. Yeah, yeah, but this thing's like a little container backpack with a hand pump nozzle that you squirt the water out there you know they're really working hard to get this fire out and you know but clancy's sort of doing it it's like i I don't think she would have done it any much differently if there was anyone else there so um, it wasn't a small fire on the ground this thing was right this thing was climbing up trees yeah yeah it filmed this fire like it sounds quite a dangerous thing to set trees on fire yeah, I've got to imagine that they had a massive fire truck there, like, <laughs> ready to go, mm. because uh, that's the only way you would have been able to put this fire out, because it, it looked really dry, too, so, that, and, yeah. like, the way it took up on that tree, 
Like it didn't take much time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not in management, but I would say Matt would be better off spending money on a fire truck rather than a brand new speedboat. We, yeah, well, I never even thought of that. Like, that is a big thing at the end of this is, like, invest in the things you need, Matt, not an impressive yeah. jet boat that, like, <laughs> is not going to really do much apart from maybe get you a few seconds earlier. It made me think of that Simpsons episode where Homer's doing the vows and it's like, even if I go on a jet-powered monkey-navigated... <laughs> like, <it's really> <laughs> that's what Matt would want. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> to rescue people. Yeah, um, when Sonny ends up driving this boat, in a kidnapping, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to go 700 miles an hour. Just a nice, low, safe pace would be best. Yeah, exactly. If it's going to get stuck on a setting, it's just going to go straight into that rock instead of giving him that time to <laughs> swerve slowly. Yeah. Okay, so back at the beach, uh, the boys come up to the jet boat. Uh, they say hi to Doug, who's in the boat, and say, let's test it out. Jerry gets in and he drives off with Doug and Mark's on the beach watching them do this. Well, he actually takes off and he does it so fast that he blasts Mark with water as he speaks away. <laughs> I saw that. And a whole bunch of other people, like, they push off the boat. He became a real jerk. It's just like mm. one of those jocks that gets in his car and just, like, revs his exhaust in someone's <laughs> yeah. face. He did it to his brother and everyone else on the boat. Or, like, the muscle guy that kicks sand in your face. Um, or, like, just some guy on a jet ski, like, coming up and, like, totally, like, you know how they do that swerve thing to, like, wet people. Oh, the only thing that would have been better is as he did it, he gives him the finger as he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, as he's going off. Yeah. And, and, like, um, but Jerry's just looking ahead. He gives the finger backwards as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, Mark is... It is so clear. Mark is vicariously living through Jerry's achievement. Mm. There's a very weird psychological game going on with uh, Mark and Jerry. So they uh, drive off. Then back at uh, the bushfire, Matt and Clancy are still fighting the fire. Clancy brings Matt a fire extinguisher. And Matt says, no, not that one. And runs off to get the other water pump, which she was using before anyway in the previous scene, which I didn't understand. I felt like they'd mixed those scenes up. It's an interesting contrast, though, because they did a lot of that cutting back and forth between the beach, this really yep. beautiful scene, blue skies, and then Matt and Clancy fighting this fire. The music contrast was dramatic, but the cuts were very dramatic and deliberate to show that dichotomy between, look mm. what happens when they go off to do this fun surfing adventure when... Yeah, well, that's what I was saying before. And it seems like they're doing it, they do it quite a, like quickly in this one. They don't leave it on a scene very long. And this was one time maybe Dr. Steiner could have helped for a change. <laughs> She's just hiding in her caravan. Yeah, doing research. Um, doing research on koalas. So Jerry is driving the boat around uh, and uh, Mark is, looks very impressed from the beach. Jerry spots someone in trouble uh, near the rocks and uh, he says, uh, get me close and I'll go in after her. Mark runs into the water too. And then, like, finally, after all these civilians do it, then the lifesavers finally <laughs> yeah. go, hoop, hoop, yeah. hoop, hoop, trouble, boys. And they all run in, like, and they all have the line tied to them, which I've got to imagine, like, was way more dangerous than... Because if you get tangled in that thing and it's like multiple people tied to it. Anyway, mm. I don't understand the science behind it. But Yeah, that's the second time, though, that they've shown 
professionals sitting back and letting civilians do the work. Just like when the police <laughs> were like, send Matt and the civilians in, we'll come in after. Those, yeah. guys, those lifeguards, they were just standing around doing nothing. And then yeah. finally they decided to join after everyone else has already res- pretty much already rescued. Yeah. yeah. Everyone in this episode is Chief Willoughby. And it's their job to look out for people that are waving their arms and uh, <laughs> screaming for help. So anyway. Uh, Necessary for the plot. Yeah, very necessary. But uh, so they finally get in, but they sort of do do stuff. It's sort of like a bit of a baton race with this person's drowning. Uh, Jerry swims to the girl in trouble and Mark and the Lifesavers are swimming and they're on their way. Jerry gets to her and then he gives her to Matt and then Jerry immediately gets smashed against the rocks like and, and like the waves are like beating against him and it looks sort of pretty full on because it looked like Tony Bonner was getting like hit mm. by waves and he was on a rock. Yeah. It didn't look um, like he was tied to that rock either. So I don't know how they stopped him from being dragged out by the tide. It did not look safe at all. No, no, I don't know how they went. Look, there's a little safe rock part with some waves smashing against it. Can you just sort of flail about and hold on to it? Yeah, you'll um, be right. Meanwhile, dead kangaroos are floating past. In the water from <laughs> yeah, the we tested it with Skippy. I don't know if there was something going on with, like, Ross Napier and Jerry King, but he always gets the most savage punishments. He nearly dies in a helicopter accident. He gets smashed against rocks. Something's going on with those two in the writing. Yeah, and uh, so Jerry is struggling, and he's just getting (laughs) the shit beaten out of him by these waves. Um, The Lifesavers then get the girl off Mark. So, as I said, they're sort of handing the responsibility of this person. And so the girl is saved, so... It cuts back to Matt and Clancy. They've finally got the fire under control. Um, Matt realises that he's got a very bad burn on his arm and Clancy goes to fetch the first aid kit. Matt looks up at the burnt bush and I think he's sort of like going, oh, God, what what could happen next? And then uh, he still like starts squirting the water out on the you know ashes of the fire. Then we cut back to um, Helen. She is asking Mark where Jerry is, and he says uh, he's at the lifeguard station. They go see Jerry, and Jerry is lying on the bed, and he is really beaten up. And there's this guy with a moustache standing over him, who I assume is a lifesaver, I hope. And um, he's not credited. He's not. So I don't know who he is. He says that the doctor's uh, coming. Mark looks out over the beach, and the carnival is starting to um, happen, and like all the trumpets and bagpipes are playing. Uh, Mark says they're just starting the march past Jerry and Jerry turns around and he he's like trying to look, but then he flinches in pain and then has to like lay back down again. Yeah. So what do you guys think of that little bit, Ali? It was interesting that the carnival required a marching band with bagpipes on the beach. I thought it was, looked a bit out of place. <laughs> yeah, that's the first sort of time I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really quite carnival music, but um, that was probably the biggest thing that stood out for me. What about you, Ashwin? Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, I know we're going for this wide Australia theme, but surely on a beach you could have some Jamaican music or something tropical. Respect the motherland. Some steel drums. Yeah, some steel drums instead of the Scottish marching band. But yeah, this was a, a savage moment. So Jerry takes a because I was a bit sad. I was like, I want Jerry to win this tournament three in yeah. a row. Like, I, I love a good hat trick. And I was like, no, the hat trick is under threat now. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, I just thought because we're going to get into that Australian traditional life saving and and beach culture, and I just thought I'd quickly give you a a, a bridge history about surf life saving Australia. And um, in 1902, it was against the law to enter the ocean during daylight hours in Australia. So, what so night was, was okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm guessing so. <laughs> the night swimming is fine. That's when the sharks are out. Um, and so, you know, that's how they, I guess, bred tough swimmers. And so basically people started to challenge this and, you know, they started to swim at the beach socially and all of that sort of stuff. So I thought that was like a little interesting. Um, and I get it because, you know, clothes were a lot heavier then and, and bathing suits and people couldn't swim. So, you know, it's sort of like self-preservation type stuff. So I'll just carry on. A group of volunteers began to patrol the beach to assist. And on uh, 21st of February 1906, the Bondi Surf Bathers Life Saving Club was formed. The Surf Bathing Association of New South Wales was formed on the 18th of October 1907 with nine voluntary surf life-saving clubs and representatives of the Royal Life-Saving Society. There's a little bit of history there and it all pretty much starts in New South Wales. So I thought that was very interesting. You know, they patrol the beaches in every Australian beach now. So uh, we cut back to Clancy uh, and she's bandaging up Matt's arm. Matt gets another call on the radio in the car to say that there's a blockage at a pipeline near their position. Uh, Matt says that they're on their way and, you know, he's very tired at this point. Both Clancy and Matt are very tired because they've just had to fight a fire. Clancy says, uh, this just isn't our day. Can I, it's interesting that nursing and caring was the one role where she wasn't depicted as incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't well, know, maybe back to Ross again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Back at the beach, we're get, we've got the uh, march happening. Jerry is talking to the doctor, who's finally arrived. Jerry's saying he's fine, he's fine, he's he can do it. Um, he asks Mark, what are they up to? And he says they're up to the surf boat race. And then you cut to some surf boats coming over and surf music as well. They keep on cutting back to it whenever it gets to the beach. And then you've got a whole bunch of uh, surf lifesavers in the boats rowing over the waves, which was sort of pretty exciting, I guess. Yeah, and boats um, have really come a long way because they looked massive. They didn't look slick at all. They just looked like big wooden... I'd be afraid of hitting the person with the oars <laughs> when you're going out to rescue them. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they're for. I thought or they would was... probably be racing boats. But... Yeah, just training. But I assumed, like, back in the old days beginning of the century they were used to actually rescue people that have been swept yeah. out now luckily we've got rubber dinghies with motors on them so yeah. don't worry guys yeah. we cut back to the doctor and he's uh feeling over Jer- jerry's body and jerry is sort of like doing his best to not to fake not being in excruciating pain the boats uh finally come in and the announcer says they've got uh, registered for the board event going and then Mark says to Helen that it's uh, no big deal he misses the board um, it's not his speciality uh, it's the bodyboarding or the swimming the surf race we've got uh, then a cut scene of the surfers catching waves and doing the board stuff and then finally finally we finally cut back to Sonny and see what he's up to and he's pretty much like lucked out for the day like he's doing the best thing everyone anyone could imagine he's having a tea party and um and Aunt Arnie Gwen is uh he, she comes out and she's got this massive bowl of ice cream and there's teas and cakes all over the table and Sonny whispers to Skippy saying it's not fair everyone's having fun and that we're stuck here and then he tries some of the ice cream and he excitedly says this is better than porridge Skip and then Good old Skippy digs into the ice cream and this the kangaroo loves the ice cream because it's just like <laughs> it looked like homemade ice cream with strawberries. Yeah, yeah. strawberry ice. Yeah. Um they use kangaroo milk just to get Skippy to drink it. Sunny had <laughs> as well. Oh, that's a thing, man. Matt Ashwin, that's an untapped resource. Kangaroo Ooh. milk. 
Yeah, Jeez. I'd love to milk a kangaroo just once. You've got to get into the pouch, though. That's really difficult. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so, <laughs> you to get your hand snapped off. That's the problem. Like, it's it commercially, it's very hard to uh, do that. So Sk- Skippy's, like, eating the ice cream, and that is no fake kangaroo. That is a kangaroo loving ice cream. So there you go. Uh, kangaroos love ice cream and strawberries. And no, then- can you imagine if Skippy didn't like it? They would have had to use those fake dead hands on the screen again and throw them out. Shove a dead kangaroo's head into ice cream bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be morbid. So thank God Skippy loves ice cream. And mm. uh, it's also a big thing where Sonny and Skip have definitely changed their mind about um, Aunt Gwen. Yeah. Uh, she's she's cool. Okay, so we, we come back to Matt talking to Clancy in the truck. Um, and this is this is another thing of like, Matt, you should have done this one yourself, mate. And, and so Clancy's going to back up the car for them to sort of pull out this uh, obstacle in this pipeline or river or whatever. And it's a whole bunch of water that's backed up and and Jerry's sort of uh, behind the car. First he asks her, like, she knows how to do this. She confidently says, yes, of course. Matt tells her to take it slowly. Matt pulling on a rope behind the car, which I thought was just so dangerously dumb. Don't do it behind the car. Maybe just, like, get out of the way. And so he's pulling on a rope. She goes back way too fast and he falls back flat into the water and splashes in the water and then the car's backing up and he's like got a most terrified look on his face where (laughs) and it is one of those moments where I was like oh that's that's one of those dad faces where like you've almost killed your dad thing or like and you know uh he totally pulled one of those where he's just like what the bloody hell and um he almost gets run over and he's like ah and then she stops just in time of course and clancy looks back and she goes oh golly and she helps matt up out of the water she says what do we do now and he says try to count very slowly to 10 and hangs off the car door while like water is all leaking down because it does a a pan down this is where the wah 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 becomes like almost the best wah wah i've ever heard because as it's panning down it just goes wah 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 like that and it's just like yeah would be a scene though that you could never do today because that is sort of insinuating Women are all bad drivers. This is why you don't let yeah. Clancy drive a car. They can't reverse. Also, I just don't understand why Clancy didn't do what Matt was doing and Matt could have just done what Clancy was doing. Like, it was like the backpack thing all again. Matt, you should have taken the heavy stuff and let Clancy do the stuff that she can manage. Like, okay. And then uh, after the wah-wah scene, we've got Matt fixes the rope to the car and then Clancy goes to get into the car, but Matt stops her and... Clancy walks off and Matt drives and uh, pulls this uh, log out of the blockage uh, of the river. And then now we go back to the surf race and the main announcer says Jerry is here to defend his title uh, for the senior surf race. Mark slowly walks up to the power cord and pulls it out for the announcer so so the announcer can't go on. And Tina goes and she fake faints near uh, one of the starting official with the starting pistol. And Mark goes and gets Helen and the, the race is about to start and they sort you of can't do say, anything else. When, when she passes out, mm-hmm. the guy's response, which is very caring, is, can't you find somewhere else to pass out? Oh, I know, what a dick. And he's a lifesaver too, probably. I just didn't care at all why this woman yeah. passed out. Well, maybe yeah. he just could tell she was faking. But yeah, I noticed that too. It's like, geez, man. 
Yeah. And also their attempts at sabotage to help Jerry recover. He needed days to recover. Just doing something that's going to inconvenience them for five minutes is not going to be enough time. No, no. So uh, the race is about to start. Jerry gets up from the bed to get to the race and the doctor warns him. He says, no, no, no. Jerry says, it's okay. And then heads off. (laughs) So, So he basically just denies the doctor, you know, responsibility. And they start the race and everyone starts off. And so Jerry's pretty much way behind and he's like runs after them well after the race has started and has to run through the crowd and everything. And then Mark and Helen are cheering him on. And this is, uh, they had some really cool music here too. This was their like that little marching music of like uplifting music where it's just like dun, 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 dun. Like it sort of mm. uh, just builds up as a big crescendo where you're like going, oh, go, Jerry, go. And, and then like there's a bit of surf music as well, of course. Jerry catches up to them and then the announcer starts commentating saying Jerry was injured from breast rescuing someone earlier and then Jerry catches a wave like he's basically beating everybody now and he's catching a wave back into shore and he's uh body surfing in then he ends up being basically just washed ashore and he starts clawing and clawing on the beach to get to the finish line and Jerry is lying on the beach and just sort of passes out from exhaustion and all the other racers they don't stop to help him at all and these people are all lifesavers I'm assuming yeah, not Olympic spirit but just before that moment as if this episode wasn't Australian enough we had that Stephen Bradbury moment where he just catches this huge wave, passes by yep. everyone. I don't know if you remember from that ice skating moment. I was yeah, like, this no, is no, fascinating moment. It is, it is. He he uh, he lucked out, um, but then ended up just being dead on the beach. And all the other contestants race past him. I'm surprised they didn't trample him. And then everyone is cheering him and everything like that. And so uh, yeah, it was sort of funny. But then the announcers saying like this is amazing. I can't believe it. Like that. You've never seen anything like it. You know, he's and um, Mark and Helen go to Jerry, they flip him over and he tells them the doctor was right. I need a rest. And then all the other contestants do come back and they pick him up and raise him above their heads and cheer and everyone's happy. So, you know, it was sort of a happy ending in the end, even though he lost, but it was like an honor thing where he tried his dang hardest and that's all you can ask. I thought it was quite surprisingly suspenseful when he does land on the beach and he's clawing his way up. And part of me was going, oh, bloody go, mate. Just keep going. You can do it. You're right there. Uh, Oh, no, I was disappointed. And I thought it was, like, really interesting that they didn't let him win because they could have easily, like, made him a hero. But then they made him, like, more of a winner than a winner. Someone that tried the most and didn't necessarily win but won our hearts is it cars where the car is about to win the race but then he turns around to rescue his old grandpa car all 100 meters from the line and the bad guy wins even though he cheated spoilers for cars (laughs) (laughs) not everyone's seen that one (laughs) it was like 15 Uh, years ago (laughs) and then we go back to the ranger station jerry is on a lawn chair outside and they're sort of reflecting the opening scene of them sort of at breakfast but uh, everyone is absolutely beat up and knackered and mark says he caught a cold at the beach um and so everyone's like pretty much worse for wear and really beat up and then mr hill drops sunny and skip back and clancy brings down tea and winces as she bends over to drop it off and says oh my back 
Sonny comes out and accidentally touches Matt straight on his arm where he's been burned on his bandage. And Sonny asks, what's happened? An earthquake or something? Matt says, it's a long and painful story. Sonny looks at Skip and says, like, we're the only healthy ones, Skip. Skip then lays down, acting sick, uh, which I think maybe... it it is implied that uh, Skippy's eaten too much ice cream. And then Matt says, must be Aunt Gwen's porridge. And then Sonny shakes his head and they all laugh. And (laughs) Skippy gets up again. And (laughs) luckily they had that reverse footage because it's basically the footage of uh, Skippy laying down and they reverse it. Uh, (laughs) And then that's the cut. That's the end, guys. Um, So we'll get straight into Gum Leaves. I thought this was a pretty good episode. I think in the past we've sort of suffered from, like, not much happening. We sort of got an overload with this episode of, like, stuff happening because everyone was doing something, even Sonny, uh, which we'd forgotten about, got his little thing. So I, I did enjoy that aspect of it. The pace was a little bit faster, so it was a little bit more interesting. We got to see the Australian surf culture and all of that. Um, it was sort of a pretty interesting episode considering Skippy did nothing but eat ice cream. But we got to see all the other characters. We definitely got to see like a little bit more of Jerry. I think I'll go three and a half gum leaves. So, yeah, what did you uh, think, Ashwin? Yeah, I liked that Aussie aspect of it, just being pulled into the beach culture and life. Three stories was good. Like you said, a lot of plot going on. Not much storyline in, in Sonny's one. Um, Clancy and Matt seemed a bit forced. Like, oh, let's just have one situation going wrong after another to show Clancy can't really handle this job. Jerry's mm. story is probably my favourite, the most interesting story on on the beach but that was just a competition story so i guess it was pretty good but for some reason it wasn't super cohesive sometimes when you have multiple plot lines they Mm. eventually tie together and there's a bit more cohesion so given all that i would give it a 3.8 gum leaves ashwin every time it sounds like you're going to give a low score you always end up giving quite a high score (laughs) i was thinking oh he's going to give like a three or something (laughs) if it's really good it goes above four but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a fun episode. I agree with all the points both of you said. It was, mm. I found it dramatic though, without really being tense. I mean, up until the end when Jerry was dragging himself up the beach and you want to yell, get up to him. Overall, it was a fairly lighthearted episode, which is interesting mm. given the fact that there was so much injury. There was a bushfire. There was Matt almost being killed, reversed over by a truck. Like there was quite a lot that happened, but to all the points that you said, it felt very sort of fast. And because there were so many things happening, I never could really worry about any one of them because as soon as you started to think of the yeah. implications of one, you were on to the next one. So overall, I still enjoyed it. I liked the, exactly like you said, Ashwin, as well. I liked the Jerry story the best. That was most interesting. I think the thing that I liked about it was just showing that triumph of the spirit of just no excuses. I'm not going to let, even when the race has started mm-hmm. and I'm late, I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm just going to join this race and drag my crippled, body you know over the finish line if i can so i quite like that but overall i think it was just an okay episode so i'm going to give it 3.4 gum leaves no that's fair enough um well no yeah that's uh that's our episode for the week for the next episode we are up to 26 the runaway a young runaway holds mark and jerry at gunpoint demanding to be flown out of the park so yeah that's the next episode the runaway join us then lee thanks everyone thanks for listening and Ashwin. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time. All right. See you guys. Skip, 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 skip,